0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: We'll head inside. Ball for him. And that's who Sam Pittman's been his whole career. So I think a lot of us wondered if he'd ever get an opportunity to become a head guy, if he would be able to kind of go the same route, that kind of personality he has. And so, and when he did his opening presser, he got emotional. It was just like, man, it just feels like a great fit, you know, and... Up to this point, it's been awesome. Uh, they got a lot coming back. You know, with KJ Jefferson coming back, he had a lot of skill around him. There's a lot to be excited about right now. I don't blame you guys for being fired up about the season. Now, the schedule is tough. I mean, well, I, yeah. I think the team might be better, but the schedule is going to be tough.
0: No question. We'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, by the way, thank you, Judy Henry, for your effort in getting Sam Pittman here. <laughs> no. For, Judy, Great job. Judy played a major role yeah. in getting that to happen. Yeah. One of the other things, Kirk, is really interesting, I think, Sam Pittman always throws it out, and because I do the Bruels Award, I pay attention, mm-hmm. is that assistant coaches, that you have Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom back for the third year. I think there are only six power, uh, maybe six total schools They've had a coordinator three years in a row on both sides of the ball. So I'll give us you your thoughts on Kendall Briles Well Kendall Briles
1: um, for me. I'll start with him He is known of course when his dad was at Baylor and the offense that they ran at Baylor in those years were were setting records and not to get too XO But what they do it's very unconventional offense Jeff Levy was running it last year at Ole Miss He's now going to take that to Oklahoma what they do a lot of times is they'll put receivers usually receivers are lined up here and lined up here. Well, they'll line them up. If that's the sideline, that wall, they'll line them up over near that sideline, and the other receivers are over here near this sideline. So they're forcing the defense to have to make a decision: Are you going to spread your defensive backs way out there and be worried about these guys? Then you're short in what we call the box, which is like this area right in here. We're just going to run the ball. And if you bring a guy down in here because you're worried about our running game, now you're short a person out here. And now we're gonna throw on you. So that's the concept of what their offense is and Kendall Bryles With the ability to run up tempo with it It's almost savant like to have that ability to a guy gets knocked out of bounds He's already calling the play and forget about down and distance left hash like he's already got the play going And I talked to Lane Kiffin about that last year with levy and he said these guys Kendall and Jeff he goes I've never seen anything like it. He's like, we all do tempo, but not like these guys. These guys have an ability to see the field that's uncanny. He's like, I've never seen it all my years of coaching. And I've heard that from other coaches as well. So you're very fortunate to hold on to Kendall. Hopefully, he'll be here for a long time. I think he's going to be a head coach uh, soon. Myself, but he's awesome and in Barry very I think if you talk to defensive minds around the country people would tell you You know people are used to competing against him same thing you hear over and over aggressive Downhill in your face, but at the same time very well coached. They play smart. They play with discipline So you got two outstanding coordinators and now you got continuity because now like you said now They've been here for a couple of years and the players
0: understand what the scheme is and also I, I, You probably have not heard this stat just because you have to cover so much I don't know how many here have heard it But this is the first year in Kendall Bryle's coaching career as an OC uh, that he has a returning quarterback. Oh, I
1: didn't know that. How about that? Yeah, that's amazing. First time
0: ever, you would think all the places he'd stop, he'd have somebody who was a – but this is the first time. Speaking of that quarterback, let's show him K.J. Jefferson. Uh, here's a guy, Kirk, reminds me a little bit of what you went through as a player, came in, or maybe not, you were probably even more highly talented than he was, but I think Arkansas was the only school that offered him to play quarterback, most of the other teams wanted to play him at linebacker, you know, uh, and you know, last year, not many people knew what they had, comes out and his you know, touchdown to interception ratio is off the chart, you know, he's leading rusher on the team, um, but still not given a lot of respect because he's not throwing for, you know, boo of yardage, but talk about him and his impact. Well, effect. I
1: was, when I was doing the, uh, the radio show with your boys, I told them, you know, game day was in Athens last year when we had the Arkansas uh, at Georgia game, and obviously the game didn't go well <clears throat> for Arkansas. But what I recognized in that game was that's as bad of a day as you can have. I, if Alabama were in that that setting that was a noon kick we did game day up to kick it's usually I f- go somewhere else and do a night game but that was the game of the week on our network so they kept Fowler and I there to call the game and I'm not used to seeing a noon Eastern kick be that loud and they that Georgia it was just got to tip your cap it was just their year they had a, a, a defense that loved each other they played hard um, I, I mean I don't root for teams but I couldn't help kind of like the Georgia team because they were on a mission and Arkansas just happened to be there that day and my point is he'll never Face anything like that the rest of his career like he faced that day that was an avalanche and it was over like that I mean they scored he got the ball inside his own five He didn't I mean it was so fast that defense was moving they blocked the punt the games over But he didn't go out like he kept playing and kept competing So I think the benefit of that like if he were up here. I'd love to ask him. What did you learn that day? How's that gonna help you this year because what happens is the game slows down? tremendously and when a quarterback starts to see things slower Wow, that's when he goes to another level. So I expect him to take a huge leap this year, and I I just wonder around him. Without Burks on the outside, I'm sure they have great players, but I just haven't seen them yet, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they improve on the perimeter.
0: I think this is the third or fourth year that Arkansas has been labeled by most news organizations. Like a sleeper? Well, no, not that. The toughest schedule. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: you you got the SEC West, and for fun, you can throw in Cincinnati, and then go go to Provo. By the way, going to Provo is no – Joke. I mean, that is a hard. That's a seventy-five, eighty-thousand-seat stadium, and they are onery. They are physical, nasty team every year. And I'm just telling you, don't put that as you're going through the schedule. That's a win. That's a loss. That's a maybe, maybe. BYU W. Be careful on that one. I would be as nervous of that game, especially on the road. And they're veteran team. They had like eighteen or nineteen starters back. That'll be that'll be a fun game. Weird. It's like in the in the middle of the year.
0: Yes, it's it's late. Yeah, Yeah. you've figured that. You would not want to take and that And Cincinnati's kind of is
1: going to be an interesting team. Is that, the, is that week one? Yeah, that'll be a fun game because, obviously, they get to the playoff last year. They lose a lot. Desmond Ritter was a four-year starting quarterback. So they're breaking in a brand new quarterback. But Luke Fickle, man, he has coached his tail off. And he's recruited well. So that we're, we're going to just learn about both those teams
0: in week one. Talking about how tough the SEC West is, obviously, so much change going on with college football. Nobody knows that better than you because you have to report on it every day. But just start with uh, Texas and OU coming to the SEC. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, think it's a good move. Like it, just the way of the world well, right now.
1: I think first of all, I, I'm I'm a traditionalist. My, my, you know, I don't. We, we uh, maybe we'll talk about it. But my dad played at Ohio State. He was a captain at Ohio State. He he went on to coach. He got right out of uh, playing and right into coaching with Woody Hayes and stayed there for a couple of years. and Then he went down to Miami of Ohio at the beginning of the cradle of coaches and went on with Bo Schembechler. And so I grew up in a state much like Arkansas where high school football and college football, when you're me in the 70s with Archie Griffin, it's everything. I mean, it's, it's all you, you really think about. And so I'm what you would call a traditionalist. And so what's happening right now is like me trying to deal with a fire hose, um, you know, NIL, Transfer portal, um, realignment, uh, nobody really leading, nobody really is in charge. You know, Greg Sankey's in charge of the SEC, Kevin Warren is in charge of the Big Ten, you know, the other conference commissioners that are in charge of these conferences, but who's in charge of the whole sport? You know, there was a time when, when you and I played, whoever was in charge of the Big Ten didn't really worry about what was going on in the SEC or didn't need to. But now everybody is in it together. So we need a leader. We, we Imagine Roger Goodell being in charge of just the AFC South instead of the entire NFL. And imagine if we had eight Roger Goodells making decisions for the NFL, it wouldn't work. Well, that's what we're dealing with right now. And I'm not saying I blame them, because if I'm Greg Sankey, I'm worried about my constituents, fans like this, presidents, chancellors, coaches, ADs, players, I get it, but as a guy who loves the whole nation, What's happening to the Pac-12? You know what's happening to the Big 12? I feel bad for the sport as a whole because it's no longer being a Southwestern Conference fan worried about getting to the Cotton Bowl or an SEC fan worried about getting to the Sugar Bowl. Those days are gone. Even as a Big Ten guy, Ohio State was undefeated. They're going to the playoff. They lost to Michigan, and their players. This is the next generation. Their players like, I guess we got to go to the Rose Bowl. You know, I'm like, don't say that. You know. But I have to accept this is where we are. We put such an emphasis on the playoff that these bowls that kids skip now are exhibitions. Like again, it's foreign to me and I don't understand it, but I have to be open-minded. I have to be willing to listen to this new way of thinking. I'm trying really hard to to do that. So when you say OU in Texas, I just, I don't understand it, but it's happening. So, okay, um, USC and UCLA what uh okay that's guess that's going to happen and where are we going to be in five years you know where are we going to be when the next playoff is you know is going to be eventually coming in and we're going to be probably at 20 what is it 2025 or 2026 we'll probably have a 16 team playoff you know so it's bizarre one last thing nil for me i don't know if you i don't mean to um If Somebody is involved in a collective. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I just not a big fan of paying a high school player basically bribing a high school player To come to my school and give him eight million dollars for a three-year contract for NIL now if you're KJ Jefferson yeah, I I just I don't know how that's good for the game now if you're KJ Jefferson and you're a baller and you've earned something on the field and you go down to the local car place and get a car or get some money that's the world we live in. That's the marketplace. Good for you. Um, the same thing with Bryce Young, you know, or any of these guys that are established players. That's that's the what nil is for. And I say good for you. But the high school kid, he went to this school. They offered a million. And then he goes to the next school. Well, we'll give you two. It's like how is that healthy for the game? So I'm not a fan. Nobody can ever talk me into collectives. And well, we got to raise 14 million if we're going to get the five star. I'm like. That's stupid, you know, and, I, and I, I just don't I'm just not a fan. I,
0: ne- I never will be. you uh, speaking of uh, if you, and I'm going to talk about the book, this book is outstanding. I, I'm going to reference it a little bit later. but when you're talking about the transfer portal, when you read the story of Kirk Kirk Street and his, you know, if, if you if you don't dig, you don't know the story, but you know, going to Ohio State was a dream. again, your dad was a captain, and we'll get to that a little bit later. but you struggled to you, you came very close to giving up saying, I'm done. I'm tired of the way I've treated, didn't like it. assistant coach the way you treated, didn't feel like you had the right shot. You hung around. If there was a transfer portal, you wonder maybe what would have happened to Kirk Herbstreit, but you stuck it out, and I think there's something to be said for your story as it relates to the transfer portal.
1: Well, I don't know what I would have done if I were in today's world. It's impossible to know, but I know that I was a five-star, could have gone to any school in the country, and when I, I knew I was going to go to Ohio State because I, I went to bed thinking about going to Ohio State every day of my life, so I was going to go to Ohio State. But when I went there, I fell flat on my face. I really struggled with just, I can't believe, it was like, is Superman's locker down there and Aquaman's over there? Like, I I thought I was at the Hall of Justice. Like, I couldn't believe that I was, like, in there, you know? And I was one of them. So I struggled with that, and I was an option quarterback in high school, and now John Cooper was my new coach, and he's running a seven-step drop, and I'm trying to learn how to drop in a pocket. So I just really... Struggled and I moved to defense like my third year there. I was ready to quit And I thought and by the way, I don't know if you you, you have players that you know that go through this That that is really traumatic when you think you're gonna go start for three or four years and then you Boom don't and you're a bust and you everywhere you go people ask you what's going on? And you're just kind of humiliated, you know, And, and I talk about it openly in the book I talk about it a lot and it wasn't anybody's fault, it was mine. You know, I had to, I probably should have gone to a different school um, because it, I, the system that they were running didn't fit me. But when you go through it, it's very emotional. And I went through, I, back then, I used to go to a sports psychologist that Ohio State had on staff. And I remember literally going to see him. And I'd walk to the door and I would like look over my shoulder, make sure none of my boys saw me or none of my coaches. And then I would go in to go see him because back in 1990, It wasn't cool to go see a sports psychologist, so I was very, and by the time I left, I went through it, I talked to my dad, I was like, I wanna quit, i want to go play baseball. And he he didn't like yell at me, or he just kind of encouraged me. He was more of a peaceful, encouraging voice. And he was just more like, go give it another spring, you know, and see how it goes. And I, I kept enduring, but that sports psychologist was a game changer for me. And it got to a point where I got through it, and then my last year, I was, which was really cool, this, now, doesn't always end like this, but for me I was voted unanimous captain by my teammates, and at the end of the year voted uh, MVP and most inspirational player, again by my teammates. So what I learned through going through that, that mud, it, it was a game changer in life for me as a, as a husband, as a dad, as an employee, my work ethic, like everything, that every wiring I have in me is from that experience of failure and getting through failure. So when I see kids, when they face that adversity and they're just like, man, this is BS, I'm out of here, I just, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, I'm just saying what happened to me changed my life because I got through that And and I wish more kids kind of fought through it a little bit because of
0: what's on the other side. Yeah, that's definitely worth a round of applause. I'm just, I'm just telling you, this book is so good. It is so good. I'm, I'm going to circle back around about you and your dad and being team captains here in a minute. Uh, let's quickly go to uh, College Game Day. Uh, if you put up the uh, number, there it is. This is a great shot, I think, of all of you guys. What, what a team you guys have put together there. And I know you respect all all those guys uh, greatly. there been some change there. Uh, but they got you your right there, Lee Corso. Uh, if uh, Matt, show them a couple of the pictures. Uh, just... Uh, over the years, different things. I know you call him your second dad. Yeah. A couple more shots there.
1: <laughs> Obviously, that's that's blood coming down. I, his, I thought uh, that's
0: what that was.
1: You're wiping the. He blood blamed off. me for that, by the way. He thought I stabbed him with one of the swords he he gave. Is that me. what it was? <laughs> and
0: there's his coonskin cap and one more. Now, interesting about this for those that that's heard, first one. That's, that's the first very one. first one, 1996. And for those of the, you that don't know this, Kirk's wife and Kirk played an important role. And Beginning this tradition if you want to tell the story
1: yeah my I, uh, my, I mentioned my senior year so my third game of my my senior year We're playing uh, Syracuse who's loaded They They're a top five team in the country and it was on the road And I'm sitting here talking during a timeout to my offensive coordinator and as he's talking to me I'm like looking at him because not that I'd spent a lot of time looking at cheerleaders But I just happened to see a cheerleader behind him as he's talking to me about a play or something I was just kind of like we're, we were at a TV timeout, so we, you know, we were, and I was just like, I just kind of paused for a second, and then I came back into the world that we were in trying to win a game on the road, and I just made a mental note there, and so we played the game, and we won. It was a huge, uh, it was a huge upset, and in the locker room, our third-string quarterback uh, was dating a cheerleader and actually ended up marrying her, and um, at the time, I said, hey, man, you know, who, who was that? Uh, can you find out anything about that? So I came off an eight-year relationship in high school and college. I dated one girl throughout high school and college. And I broke up with her going into my senior year. She graduated in four years. I was there for my fifth year. She went to Chicago to have a, a job. I was like, man, after all I've been through, I just don't have time. for. I just want to lock in and just make this the best year I can. And then I had that TV timeout, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, man. So I, fit, to my credit, I finished. I never talked to her or, or anything. I finished the season, and then the spring, I was introduced to her, and um, I ended. Up, you know, we dated for a few years, and then I married, uh, married her. And so she was a former cheerleader. So fast forward to I get College Game Day, and in 1996, Lee Corso. When I, that was the first year I was on the show. Lee Corso, before he did that, he would he would just ask one of our guys on the set, Hey, hey. Hey, you see that hat, that crazy hat over there? Go, 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 go ask that guy if I can use his hat. And he would, just, he would just put a ball cap on, you know, with whatever team he picked, or whatever somebody's crazy hat somebody had. Well, that week he said, and when he gets something on his mind, he is relentless. So he's just like, Monday he called, Tuesday he called, Wednesday he called. And, I'm, and I had no idea it was gonna become what it, what it is. And I'm like, what you want a Brutus? And I didn't know him yet, really. I'm like, I'll ask Allison. Maybe Allison can figure it out. So she asked. And the, and the cheerleading coach said, absolutely not. It's protected. Brutus is protected. There's no way we can allow that. So I said, no, it's it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. And then next day, he calls me, have, have her ask again. We we I, I, This is going to be great. I got to do it. So then I went to the athletic director, and then he said, let me, let me look into it. I said, I don't know what he's doing, man. He just wants to put the Brutus hat on. And then um, on Friday, like after late afternoon, they green-lighted it. So again, I just thought it was put Brutus on, throw it back to the guy, and it's over. And man, he put that Brutus hat on and the reaction from people, and that was it. That was the first time, and from that point on, he's worn a, except when we go to Auburn and Michigan, the only places like he'll put on one of those helmets that yeah. does not have a face mask or, or whatever he does but um, it, he's done it since 1996 from that
0: game over 300 i think right 300 headgear or something yeah yeah, yeah something crazy it's uh and of course the, the most probably the most and crazy. it's silly when you think about it right i mean it's but like, it works, but, it works. But, but but all of us are like what's he up to yeah. this week you know what's he going to do this week but it took his personality too yeah, oh, his, yeah. his personality makes it work yeah. you, you put another ex coach there no not going to work, you
1: know. No, and he, by the way, he turned 87 um, August 7th. My youngest son, Chase, and uh, and Lee have the same birthday. So every year, August 7th, before I can call him, he's calling me. Hey, I want to tell Chase happy birthday. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. The same birthday. <laughs> you know, so. And I, love,
0: I love the relationship you have. I know that, the, that you find him now on game day, before game day, you find him. And he's doing his prep work and love that. I mean, I think that's an intimate segment and you know, You've referred him like a second dad. Yeah,
1: I mean it, he's like a second dad or or a coach that you know Like probably coach Broyles to you or you know a coach that you had that was just meant a lot to you he had, Our relationship was always tight when I started when I got married and I had kids my my identical twins were born prematurely They're born 28 weeks uh, about two pounds each and they were in the NICU for eight weeks and There was just a lot of drama there and so he's one of the people you know you guys see us on air but what you don't see is us doing a commercial shoot or stuff we do in the off-season and we're in the back of a car. Like we were today, we're just kind of getting to know each other better. What happens when you do that, year after year after year, you start to really become close and you open up your heart a little bit and you start talking about important things. And he, I always call him like Yoda, you know, or Don Corleone petting a cat, you know, he's just, I just go there with my problems with Don Corleone and he's just sitting there, he's like listening, doesn't interrupt, he just petting his cat and, and uh, and then i get done i get done like i'm like out of breath with all my struggles and uh, and he's it's like he he just listens and he's italian guy and he just kind of gives two sentences and i'm just like he's like you'll be fine you do this you do that and i'm just like okay there it is you know (laughs) and and he he's a good listener man he's such a good listener that's such a valuable trait and so when you get somebody who listens and actually digests it and gives you great feedback and you're talking about your kids or you're talking about your wife or you're talking about whatever it is your family He'd be, he, he I started talking to him more than anybody about really important stuff and even this Amazon deal I was really getting emotional about it ESPN and Amazon and what's going to happen and can I marry the two somehow and and I called him and I was like going one way and he's like no no you're not going to do that and i was like i'm not he goes he goes no no that's not you that's not who you are that's not your wire you're not you'll have to look yourself in the mirror and you won't like what you see he's like you're not going to do that i was like back up okay yes sir okay i mean and i whatever he tells me i do you know so um i i just he's just a valuable friend i guess the best way to describe it
0: now he's (laughs) He's done over 300 of these headgear deals, but there's always one that everybody refers to. We've got the clip. You want to set it up? We've got the clip. You want to play it well, first? Well, yeah.
1: A- it? First of all, I don't mean to, I don't mean to offend anybody with what you might hear here. Does anybody ever heard of this or remember when Lee Corso said the 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 F bomb live. live 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 on TV? So just to just to review here before you see this. Um, are you running this online? Am I gonna get in trouble? No, it will not play okay. online. Okay, so just to review Usually college game day for those of you who don't know college game we will go to the game of the week usually like a huge game And there's some weeks we go to a game where there's just not a big game So we'll go to North Dakota State or James Madison or there's just like a Sometimes a couple games out of the year That we or weeks out of the year that we just don't have that big game This particular year Houston if you remember Kevin Sumlin was at Houston one year having a monster year. They were undefeated, and they're playing SMU, who was really down, and they were favored by 30 or 40 points, but we really weren't going for the game, it was more for Houston. So we go, and we have a great time, huge crowd. The team themselves, which is rare, is out there. Big celebration, the game day is there to honor Houston. <clears throat> Carl Lewis is on the set for our celebrity picker, and we go through all the games, and we get to the Houston-SMU game. And It's like again. We're not picking against the point spread. We're just picking like who's gonna win the game. It's like a 35 I mean, They're gonna throw their jersey out and win the game right and it's like Carl you're from Houston You know who, who do you like he's like uh, I'm going with Houston. <laughs> you know Kirk who do you like? I'm like I'm going with Houston and then if you don't know Lee Lee likes to like usually he'll poor mouth a team and then the home crowd boo they boo like a WWE character and then he'll and then he'll surprise you and he'll put the team on that he was just bad mouthing. And then everyone cheers and we, you know, everybody gets to go home happy. That's usually the, the move that he makes. It's like a running back, like real slow like move like that. That but that's what we're going with. So Houston, Houston, and then he tried you're gonna see this. He tried to tie in Carl Lewis and SMU's colors of being red, white, and blue and Carl USA and all that and usually when he does whatever he's doing people boo which is what he wants in this case crickets no one said no one cheered no one booed no one did anything and he got frustrated so this is what this is what happened
0: Look at the reaction on Kirk and Fowler and everybody's face. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> there you go. Did that, did that, did, and I guess that made it on air. Did I still I get, get nervous
1: problem? when he, when that, yeah, when I see got, that, yeah. hey, oh, no, Carl Lewis was when we took a break, Carl Lewis said, good thing we're on break, or a good thing we're on delay. And I was like, no, we're not <laughs> And we went off. The, and the, the funniest part of the whole story, I don't know if this is working or not. The funniest part of the whole story is we get done and our producer comes out of the truck and, and Lee takes the, the Cougar hat off. And you would think, if it were me, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to be fired. He just takes it off like it's just like, well, that was great. You know, high five and everybody. It's like, I'm like, you said. <laughs> and he goes, so what? And then... And I'm like, I'm like, can you hear him say that? So what? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, man, I, I don't know what's going to, you know. And then the producer comes out, and he's like, coach, great. Yeah, everyone's usually after the show, high five. Yeah, yeah, hey, good job. But yeah, I, I wrote a two sentence apology that we got to get on the air as soon as possible. And he's like, OK, great, yeah. And then he, you know, earlier today, I said something on, on college game day that I should not have said, and for this, I'm sorry. You know, that's what he's supposed to say. Well, he says it, he's taping it. Look into that camera and say this, and he's like, okay, no problem. And he says it, and then he goes, for that, I'm very sorry. <laughs> and he does like, <laughs> like we're selling Coke or something, like yeah. drink Coke, you know, like, because we're so used to doing promotions. So he's like, for that, I'm very sorry, you know? And then the producer's like, that was good, but this time, no smile, no smile at the end. So, yeah. I, I flew to, to Eugene, Oregon, Because one of those weeks where uh, game day got done and I had to fly to another spot. I fly to Eugene, Oregon and Our plane landed Disney flies me in a plane like we were on today kind of thing And we land on on the tarmac and you see Phil Knight's always there with his Nike plane So we've met him a, a bunch of times. He's been a celebrity picker on our show. So I go into the FBO and as I do, uh, his driver says, hey, Mr. Knight is on his, like a big cu- custom coach outside, he'd love to uh, say hello real quick. And I said, sure. I wasn't thinking about what he wanted to say. So we, I go outside, um, our car's over here, his big, huge custom coach is over here. I see him like borderline sprinting down the, uh, the three stairs to, through the window and he starts jogging over to me and he just high-fives me, and he, he hugs me, and he's like, man, tell me about Corso, man. What happened? Uh, oh, my God. Like he, he wanted to hear everything about it. And I'm like, because I, I was worried, is he going to get in trouble? And I'm like, man, everyone's high-fiving and celebrating, and <laughs> Phil Knight's excited. Then I go to the stadium, and Chip Kelly sees me as the teams are warming up, because I got there a little bit late. He sprints down to the other end of the field. He's like, man, effing Corso, man. I can't <laughs> wait. He's my hero, you know, I'm just like. He's the only guy that can say that, and
0: like his stock goes up. <laughs> uh, I thought it was interesting, uh, Matt. Uh, I was stunned that on the plane ride down, I was talking to Kirk. Kirk's covered so many great players uh, and and great games that I asked him on the plane. I said, uh, "Of all the years you've been watching great football players, uh, is there one that stands out?" Uh, and I was somewhat surprised that you. Well,
1: you, you got to remember. I'm not just a football guy from when I worked on game day. We were talking about Gary Anderson earlier yeah. today. Like, I have great history. There's one guy I can't remember that, he was number, I think he was number 53 on the, that Arkansas team. That, that? Did he, he was did like he send a, you the he, clip? He was a headhunter, like just, I, I just can't remember. He's one of my favorite uh, players. Th- this, might, this might have been against Auburn, I think. Oh! <laughs> You just submarines Bo Jackson. Look at the uni.
0: Look so at, how about that? Look
1: at that uni by the way. How you about look that you look scary.
0: Where's the where's the audio? There's no audio. Look at that. Look at that listen. Uh-oh.
1: Uh oh, that's a wishbone. Wishbone? Lead block. Oh. I was almost... Wow, well, Backside. Oh, it... Wait
0: till the payoff at the end, Kirk. This is what you remember seeing as a kid. With pads.
1: Watch you coming from the back side? Yep. Speed, babe. Wow. Oh. <laughs> There's
0: that stash there, and there it is. So, say, how about that, Bo? Nice. That's what he nice. said. That's the first one he said. He that was say, my guy. He didn't say Herschel, guy. he didn't say Bo, he didn't say Flutie, he said no.
1: 53. He just took Bo Jackson down. <laughs> I did. More than Boz once. didn't do that. More than once. No, he Boz didn't. didn't do
0: that. Boz was, he but went yes, right through Boz. He did. Listen, uh, yeah, I had a, uh,
1: listen. By, you know by the way, my son, uh, hes I couldn't grow a beard or a mustache if I tried. My, my son can, and he went to Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, and now he,
0: you know, a lot of the kids are doing, doing this. Mustache. Yeah, so I thought, I, seeing that, I thought you
1: might pull that baby back Two out. Two names.
0: Uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And what's the other one? Goof. Tom Selleck. No, yeah. I'm talking oh, about yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. In that oh, day. yeah. Tom Selleck. Yeah, it's a time ago. But I did want to go back real quick because you did something with your dad that I think maybe you were either the first. There's only been three, I think, in the history of Ohio State. You and your dad. You had a father-son. Uh, both were captains. Yeah. And uh, very unique thing. Something as a kid, you took a lot of pride in following your dad. Your dad was an undersized player, running back that probably shouldn't have been out there, but through his grit and determination. Not only did he become a player, but he became, you know, a, a team captain. And I know that had to be a used thrill for you to be able to become a team captain to fulfill that.
1: Yeah, my dad, you know, he didn't put anything around. Like, if you came into our house, you wouldn't even know he played at Ohio State. But the only thing he had, was, and I was enamored with him and with Ohio State and college football. And he, he had a captain's mug. On the mantle, and that was all we ever would see. And I, I grew up seeing that, and I'd always ask him stories about it. And I learned from a very early age, when you are recognized as a captain by your teammates, what an incredible honor that is. More than being an All-American or a Heisman winner, or uh, you know whatever it might be, just because it's your teammates that are with you 52 weeks out of the year, and they think you're our leader. You know, and I, and I think that always stuck with me. So. Um, yeah, it was a dream of mine. But as I told you my story, I thought it was shattered completely. And then to be able to eventually become a captain myself—that was just something that was very
0: special and almost surreal to
1: be able to accomplish.
0: Show the uh, show the picture, Matt, of of uh, Kirk's dad. This is this is Kirk's dad on the on a coaching staff. Let's see the uh, well. That's actually the one. That's the a great picture. Uh, your senior year, obviously, uh, father captain, son captain. And do you see the one before that, uh, number 16, that right there? Now, if you look, that's Woody Hayes in the in the lower middle to the far right or to – So um, Bo Schembechler is the bottom left. Left,
1: thank and you. And my dad is to Woody's left and to my right.
0: How amazing right. is your dad played for Woody, then got to coach under Woody, then got to coach under Bo, but yet he did not decide that – Well, you,
1: my or, mom told him, anybody who's – a coach's wife knows that that is a really challenging thing and I think my mom got to a point where it was like you know you're gonna have to figure this out because I, I can't I can't do this and so I think honestly I think my dad lived with regret for the rest of his life because he would have been I mean I'm not saying it because he's my dad it's just if you look at the history of he was in early with 12 20, yeah 22 Bo, think, yeah. and Bo went on to do whatever and everybody behind him Went on to become a big coach so he would have he would have be so he took it out on me mike i was his, I, he, he coached me um for, instead of coaching all those other players but i loved it i am a weird guy like i know today we have to be careful of players and their feelings sure. i love to be coach hard like i i love i don't want to say like Bobby Knight type but I love the old school like in your face challenge you in a in a good way right. I told you Elliot Uslack I never really respected he was an Ohio State guy and he was kind of fake tough but if it's legit like if you mess up and somebody's going to challenge you and I messed up. I'm okay with that. Right. Um, so I, I, I kind of like that. Oh, and my, he, my dad wasn't like that at all, though. He was. My dad was Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. It was kind of like, <laughs> like that, that kind of personality.
0: Hey, Kirk Kerstred, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Having a coach that would challenge you. Yeah. I challenge David Bazan all the time. But um, this book, this book, this is what I wanted to get to. So a couple things I wanted to share. So uh, I don't read a lot of books, but, but I have. Uh, I will encourage you to read it. A lot of things came out of it. First thing I was gonna tell you, uh, I was was a team captain. It's one of the proudest things I've ever done is be voted to team captain for the Razorbacks. First time I'd seen in this book somebody that related that same way because I'll tell you at Arkansas, we've done nothing with our team captain. I've never been to one function, been recognized, hardly anything. So when I saw the book, uh, I reached out to Coach Pittman, reached out to Kyle Parkinson and said, I wanna start a tradition like they've been doing at Ohio State for decades. Yeah. Where any team captain of the last hundred years is still alive and wants to come up and meet the new team captains one morning or Friday before a game, Thursday night before we could be whatever, and have the, the team the current team captain say a few words and then you guys got mugs, but we don't have to get mugs, but I just want to tell yeah, you You should do that, man. I, I'm telling you, so yeah. I've I've pitched that to coach and I hope he does it, but I just want to tell you that that's that influenced cool. me to do it Good. because that's the pride I take. Yeah. Of being a team captain. And yeah, you, that's great. for you too? Yeah, that's
1: a neat thing. And it, it is cool to have them all come back in a room. And um, it's a, it, it keeps you connected. You yeah. Know? And, and it also makes you realize. And it's neat to see the next yes. group that, that's coming in. So, yeah. it's a, Ohio State's been doing that, I mean, for probably 50 or 60 yeah. years. So, yeah, that'd be a great new tradition
0: for you guys to start. The other thing I got to tell you, it was really tough reading your book as a kid. Uh, you came from a broken home. I mean, it was... I mean it was tough to read and you were you were alone. Yeah. I mean, you you and your sister uh, your, your brother somewhat but, but it basically it was were you three and then it was you. Yeah. It, I mean and it, so I, I can't tell you how much respect it was tough to read through there for you to have anybody to guide you. Horrible home situation and somehow you just kept fighting your way through and I just want to find out what you didn't have anybody guiding you. What was what yeah, was the uh, thing?
1: coaches you know helped um and, and for me, my parents divorced when I was eight, and then we moved, I went to like, I don't know, I said it in the book, it was like maybe eight or nine schools in like 10 or 11 years. And we just, my parents would get remarried, divorced, so I had step brothers and sisters. Uh, I would go to a school for a year, and I'm painful, as a kid, I'm not as bad now, you know, I painfully shy kid. Like, I, if you had me stand up when I was in fifth grade in front of this group, I Wouldn't do it like I in fact my high school senior year it was my turn to give a speech in English and she said okay Kirk your turn and I was, keep in mind, I'm I'm not bragging or anything, but I was like a high school all-american quarterback like well, whatever and they're like, okay Kirk your turn and I'm like, I'm good and she's like no, no no it's your turn and I was like you can go to the next person and She's like uh, what do you mean? It's like 25% of your final grade and I was like, okay the next person <laughs> Like the more you're talking to me the more attentions on me. It's not working for me and so What happened, here's a quick story. In ninth grade, Darren went to school with me. In ninth grade, I wasn't quite to that level, and I gave a speech, and I went up there terrified, but I was like, I guess I gotta do it. I was still at that point. So I got up there, I started getting my speech, and the prettiest girl in the entire school, Lael Ustasian, she's from South Africa, she was right here in front of me, and I, you and I sweat, so I was sweating. I was, my face was as red as as cardinal red, and I was just like. And she said, when I in the middle of it, "Oh my gosh, look how red he is!" And I was like, "Well, that's it for me." I just was like. So that that punished me for. The, I I would never give a speech ever under any circumstances, and I'd been through a lot. And I I I just, I was a quiet guy. If as long as I had recess and gym. That was where i like to be if the teacher called on me i was like hiding under the chair i was just that kid you either have a son or a daughter like that or maybe you were that way i don't know what it is it's just the way i was born so it's nothing you can do about it except football and being interviewed helped me you know when you when you're become a high school quarterback and a college quarterback especially and you've got 50 mics in front of you and Twelve cameras around you, and I'm talking about something I love. It was very easy for me to talk about that, but I finally, I guess, overcame it. But yeah, I mean, I went to a bunch of schools. I moved into a lot of different houses. My parents are great. Um, you know, I, I, it's not that I have a bad relationship with with them at all. But I was not. I was not probably the kid you think. You know, yeah. based on watching me on college right. game. Day. That was.